life sort of sets us up to think that there is win or there is fail and there's no in between and that's just not how it is you're listening to sharing tales the podcast which embraces and celebrates the roller coaster of life with me rebecca clark we've all got a tale or two to tell and each week you'll be hearing from my special guest who joins me to generously share some of their personal stories Life is full of highs and lows, and yet there's always hope. After all, we live to tell the tale. Today, I'm very excited because we're going to be talking a little bit about one of my favorite things, singing. I'm thrilled to be joined by Corrine Shields, producer, songwriter, singer, health and wellness practitioner, and business owner. Corrine is a classically trained multi-instrumentalist who, as a teen, relocated to London from her hometown of Southampton to study at the famous Brit School. The Performing Arts School has a whole raft of globally recognised alumni, including Adele, KTB, Jessie J and FKA Twigs. Corrine was classmates with Leona Lewis, Luke Pritchard from The Kooks and Katie Malua. In 2011, she was part of the electro-pop duo Chasing Pluto, managed by Radio 1 DJ Reggie Yates. The pair had Radio 1 play with their remixes of Labyrinth's Let the Sunshine and Jay Sean's Down before parting ways to concentrate on different projects. At this point, Corrine changed direction and spent the following years training as a hairdresser. However, a repetitive strain injury forced her to quit this work and reassess what was next. This paved the way for the next chapter in her life, one where she is focused on health and wellness. While still singing, songwriting and collaborating on musical projects, Corrine is a trained Pilates instructor and a brand ambassador for healthy living company Arbonne. Hello, Corrine, and thank you so much for being Uh, here today. thank you for having me. It's so exciting. This is like my first proper podcast, so I'm so excited feels really special (laughs) thank you for having me oh well thank you I'm really excited for our conversation and just to to find out more about everything that you've been doing um (laughs) a lot a lot it seems a A lot lot of changes I was like (laughs) yeah a lot of changes not necessarily planned you know but there we go yeah I think that yeah definitely things always happen when we least expect them to and not maybe I always think like you have a goal but then the way that you get to it's a bit fluid (laughs) and I've sort of done it yeah. in the way that by things that I don't like so that didn't work let's try that that didn't work let's try that um that's kind of my mantra the process of elimination <laughs> yeah, really definitely just like the diet that I do I do an anti-inflammatory diet now and it's literally an elimination <laughs> diet so like get rid okay. of things see whether it works for you that's the way forward I suppose it's like um it's like anything in life isn't it like you have to um, make mistakes to understand what's next do you know what I mean I think we're afraid of doing that a little bit but to be able to do those, you learn from them. You have to sort of see those kind of things that didn't quite go right as perhaps not mistakes and perhaps not um, failure, but as a lesson. And it's taken me a while to get to that place as well. I definitely had the mindset of th- feeling like everything was just failing. I was failing at everything because it wasn't working, but maybe that's just a stepping stone to the next best thing rather than thinking of it like that. I mean, I definitely agree. And, and when you were saying about mistakes, I was thinking yeah, we kind of need to reframe that entirely. And this notion of failure, which, you know, is kind of brought in really early, isn't it? Even when we're at school, that it's just another way of learning what works, what doesn't work, 
what we like, what we don't like. Yeah, it's all 100%. okay. I, I actually really had to check myself and get really, and now, now I'm really into mindset work, but I wasn't. And it kind of makes me think what my music industry experience might have been like had I had this um you know in the beginning mm. because I did I saw everything as a failure you know where it's not it's just a learning experience and I think it's really hard to let go of that especially if I think as well a lot I speak to a lot of musicians and they've got this kind of perfectionist um you know mentality but that's it's like an unachievable unattainable thing perfectionism is never gonna it's not real so it's like you're, you're you're setting yourself up for a fall anyway because your your goal's unattainable um, so yeah, it's like, it's taken me a while to kind of break that down. And it's not through music that I've done that. It's through health and wellness. It's through mindset work. So I think mm. it's really key for mm. the industry, but it's something that we don't, I don't know, it's not, it doesn't seem to be something that we talk about a lot in music, which is like, I'd, I'm starting to have conversations with people more about it and say, it's really, it's really important that we, um, adjust how we're thinking because it's a, it's a difficult industry to navigate. There isn't really, there isn't really a formula you know, like other, other industries, mm. they feel like they have more of a formula, not every single one, but it's like you do this for this amount of time. If you're good at it, you will get here. It doesn't, it's not the same thing yeah. with music. It's a bit more sort of, I don't know, linear, linear, I guess, not linear. Like what do you call that? Curvy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit yeah. more of a roller coaster, yeah. generally, perhaps. Be at <laughs> well, I think it's mindset as a term, as a concept is definitely gaining I don't know if it's in popularity, but I'm having conversations about it all the time in a way that I just wasn't before. And I think it's people are really beginning to see the power of it and, and the influence that it can have you know, once we understand or able to master our own mindsets 100%. a bit better. And it's something that I think it's, it's sort of conducive of the times. Like we, it's everything sort of feels out of control at the moment and a little bit scary and a bit stressful. So it's like, it's something that we can, um, we can control. Yeah. We do have that. We have a choice about how we, you know, the thoughts that we have and, um, you know, what we choose to ingest and mentally. And do you know what I mean? So I think that's a large, a large part of it. It put, sort of puts the power back to us rather than feeling like it's all mm. just a turn of events that are happening that we can't do anything about um it's certainly flipped my it's, it's completely changed my life like I've only really been focusing on it in the last seven months and I've had the most growth personally and been that just so and I don't know and just developed in the so much in seven months more than I have in years so and that's honestly from mindset it's a bit from changing my diet but a lot of it's about mindset and just really making time for that mm. every single day as a non-negotiable like it's how I start my day now it's like I will do meditation I will do affirmations I will um mm. you know it, it's it's something that's a part of my routine and I feel it should be a part of everybody's yeah. if they can you know I say if you can fit it in, but I think everybody can because like, you know, I think they can because I, I just think like, oh, it's, you know, it takes I'll do something where I do something whilst I'm doing something else. So like for 10 minutes, I'll lay on a foam roller to release my back whilst listening to some meditative guided, me you know, so it's like two things at once. We can yeah. we can do that. Of course you can. And, you know, it's kind of giggling. Can, can people find time? I agree. Five minutes, 10 minutes is all it takes. I do 10 minutes meditation each day and have definitely seen the difference. And I think it's Dr. Um, Chatterjee mm -hmm. that has a book or a podcast out at the minute that talks about this, where if you've got five, if you are habitually brushing your teeth, which I hope <laughs> everyone is, um, you know, for five minutes twice a day, 
then you could be syncing your affirmations at that time. Or you could be, you, as you said, you can double up on these things as you go about your business. Absolutely. Or like check what your check your phone usage. How much are you scrolling? Could you use that time to, do you know what I mean? Because we get <laughs> yeah. stuck in the, sc- no, I know, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of it, Is but that, could we <laughs> could awful. we use that time more productively, you know? <laughs> And actually having a network yeah. marketing business has made me, um, just has lift, has made things so much different for me. It's made social media a more positive space because before I didn't really enjoy um, posting. Um, but now I do because I feel like I'm spreading a lot of like positivity in, in the wellness thing that I'm doing. But also mm. I'm choosing what I, I'm looking, I'm actively looking for people in a network of people that have got the same um sort of ideologies as I have and then that just feels so much more positive than just you know following someone for the sake of it because you know like a celebrity or something like that I just I don't yeah that you see that every day you know you're looking you're literally taking that in um so yeah I just think that's another thing with making these tools work for you rather than them you know the other way around and I went to a event last year it would have been and, and Tammy Thomas was there and she was talking about being really mindful around your social media and almost creating an mm-hmm. ecosystem of, and so I did just that. I kind of went and had a look aside from friends and family, mm-hmm. of course, what kind of messaging do I want to receive? What is helpful? What is nourishing? What is informative? And just being really careful rather than just, you know, having definitely been a a voyeur in the past I mean it's, it's easy with these mm. platforms being um considered about the, the content that I'm scrolling 100%. each day it makes a massive difference I think I've done a few things actually um just to, I'd call it like quieting the noise really so it's like I don't want to hear that so I don't mm. don't tap into that because it is a, it's a choice it's like um there's that and then I've also done kind of I do a, d- a daily digital detox where I kind of um mm-hmm. I will turn my uh, phone on airplane mode and until so from night until then I have a loomy clock now that wakes me up with the sunrise um yeah and mm, I don't oh have yeah. my because I was like oh I've got a phone that's an alarm though and I was like we'll change it you know you don't have to have that yeah. just change it if that's the thing that's making you pick your phone up and then start looking at stuff that isn't you know that's not healthy first thing so I did that and then I've like put I've sort of like silenced all of the apps that I don't want to deal with first thing so all of the things that content you know like the whatsapps and the you know instagram and all these things that are like a business sort of um tool and I only have my meditation yeah. apps and my affirmation apps like you know and audio and audible and stuff like that the stuff that I want to do first thing available to me um and that's been a that's been a game changer as well so it's like just little things like that um well, that's so simple. Um, and I hadn't thought to do that and smart because I'll often wake up in the middle of the night and you, know, you reach for your phone, see what the time is, but also, yeah, what, what's happening while I've been sleeping. Um, and then that first thing, even with the best of intentions of not engaging, you're right, if those notifications are there. So thanks. That's a good tip. I hadn't even thought about well, it, another, <laughs> um, another good one as well. I, I stole this from um, House Gospel Choir, but the, um, basically the founder posted that... Um, she will put all of her um she's actually you know you can move your apps around on your iphone on the first page only stuff that you want to see straight away so again all of my meditation and stuff and the essential stuff is on the first page and i have to Mm. swipe across to get to the next which is like the other stuff yeah and i put them all into little like app files (laughs) and i've done like work and finance do you know what i mean so it's like i can it's all just Mm. i don't know something about sort of like I don't know having the choice to kind of choose what you look at and 
sectioning it off, popping it in a folder that in some way really helps to alleviate some of that stress first thing. So a good. It's empowering, isn't it? And I think the the choice is, is the key part. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier about mindset. When life is a lot of the time completely out of our control, even though we don't want to necessarily think or believe that, the only thing we do have control over is how we respond mm-hmm. to stuff and, and choosing um, choosing what that response will be. So, yes, all very helpful things Definitely. to think about. So that's all the wellness stuff. Um, I know I'm so obsessed <laughs> with it now, but it's, it's, it's changed my life really because I think it's easier to get stuck in a, in a rut and I felt like I was for a bit and I've obviously like the reason I had to I mean we probably I don't know we haven't really talked about that yet but I I was in the music industry for um quite a long time yeah well let's can I can I yeah sure jump in should we rewind rewind a little bit (laughs) I I just looking at you in your nice little setup um because on Squadcast which we're the platform recording on we can (laughs) see each other uh you're down in Southampton and I read on your bio, you, you described yourself having grown up in Southampton as a, a quiet classical um, musician. Um, and I was really intrigued as to what led this this kind of quiet young person, in my imagination at least, you can correct me otherwise, to kind of up sticks and just at 16 move from Southampton to you know, Bright Lights, big city of Craig London, David, Craig David. Croydon. That's all I'm going to say. No, seriously, <laughs> I, I'm not even. I'm not even joking to you. Like I used to be obsessed with Craig David. I think the thing is, I was a shy classical player. I've always been introverted. I, you know, it's that's just who part of who I am. Um, and my brother's autistic, so like he's not he's high functioning, mm-hmm. but he's he would play on his own quite a lot. So I was playing alone for when I was a kid so much, and I was mm-hmm. obsessed with the piano. I used to just um, I was for hours. Like I think it's sort of the workaholic in me now. I just I'm obsessed with like I just sit there for hours and hours and hours, um, and I learned classically. But I was I was really shy. I, I used to get so nervous on my. Um, exams because I played the flute and the the oboe I would be shaking (laughs) you could like hear the (laughs) like this it was awful but I just couldn't control that um so even from an early age like it was like I probably could have done with some mind meditation there because I was like you know like I'd find that really um stressful so I basically I think I would I was obsessed with Craig David when I got to about 14 uh, that's classic really isn't it um and obviously he's from Southampton and we saw, uh, yeah, okay. so he's, he's I'd <laughs> yeah. forgotten that connection because I mean, I was a bit obsessed with Craig mm-hmm. David too when um, Artful yeah. Dodger was, came out. So yeah, I'm, I'm I was there in my with you. Then it was, yeah, so like I, I loving a bit of Craig David. Um, and honestly, I'm, there's one silly story, but he we saw him in a car, um, like driving somewhere, like running after the car. <laughs> it's a bit psycho, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> It just this makes me think of that but I remember looking up looking him up and online um oh my god I remember the day when they said to me like you know when it's like google and they're like you just search stuff and I was like what do you mean <laughs> you know like when you go to the computer shop you're like what does that even mean so I like it was like oh yeah let's search Craig David and the Brit school came up um 
and I I was like I want to go there because I really wanted to get into I think it's that like rebellious thing of like not rebellious but you know like I trained classically so I want to do contemporary music do you know what I mean Mm. but I don't know but this Mm. is the place to go because they do this kind of cool stuff here do you know what I mean so and then me and my friend Lucy who lives in Greece now and she's an actress um also a mother of two little boys are lovely and she wanted to go and do drama so we were both like let's go because we were best friends and we were like let's try and get in together like the chances of that happening were really slim but we we, we both did yeah. <laughs> so we were like well you Amazing. know so it was really fun and that's why we decided to go I don't know if I would have gone alone I think I would have been way more scared right. but we both have it just sort of happened the universe gave us <laughs> what we wanted and we both went to Brit school um moved up at 16 and yeah it was it was pretty um it was tough actually looking back but I was I'm very like headstrong mm. and my dad was very much like you can go but I'm not going to pay for you to just you know you're not just going to get like money and allowance and stuff you've got to make this work this amount of money you've got to make this work or you get a job so it's very much you must okay if you want to go you're an adult now and I was like okay so we mm. <laughs> we definitely had some interesting times um share we me and Lucy actually shared uh, a room for a year no two years um we lived literally opposite the Brit school and I was it was it was really scary actually it was I had a good time there and I learned a lot but I felt like I was definitely it kind of made me go more inward <laughs> Because I felt, yeah, I felt quite really? overwhelmed. I think it's an overwhelming change anyway. But actually, I just, I felt like um, just at my depth, really, because a lot of people there were London, you know, Londoners, and they were used to, like, someone was saying they had a stage name on the first day. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you know, and you're like, what is that? And I stand, like, just playing my little classical piece, feeling really inferior, um, even though, that you, should, you know, but it was just like, but I learned a lot. I did. And I remember being really inspired by a guy called um, Gozzi who like played piano, but he was like, um, like obviously I'd learned classically and that's all I sort of knew. And I, but he taught mm. himself by ear and I was just like, what the hell? This is fantastic. And he just, mm. he was like, I'm going to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And it was like this amazing jazz rendition. And I was like, how did you, I, and mm. I sat for, he's inspired me to learn to play by ear. Now I can. Um, and I sat for two years unlearning my classical training. <laughs> right. And that, yeah. so that did serve me actually. It was really, it's interesting, but it's so funny that we sort of, you know, and that's how I sort of knew music. And I, I think I was just like completely overwhelmed with everything, but it, it was a good experience nonetheless. So, I mean, what does that kind of environment or place look like as a, as a frustrated would be, you know, West End star myself, if I'm honest, <laughs> in a different life. And, you know, as a kid watching Fame and hearing about people going to Italia Conti, that was yeah, very, um, you know, people talk about, yeah. I mean, what, what does that look like when you're actually there? It, and- it's, but it's quite like that. It's sort of what you'd imagine. It's very, you know, <laughs> but I think it, it's sort of, I was, I was really happy in the nicest possible way to go to a uni with that wasn't performing arts. Like it was a few different things. Cause I feel like it can be a bit of a, mm. a crazy old, like it's not reality. Do you see what I mean? That kind of, um, I don't know, yeah. that kind of atmosphere. It can be like, it's very competitive and it's very, do you know, it's, it's also very. Is it kind of like a showbiz yeah, bubble? I would say so. And it's like, yeah it is although like you obviously I'm not like there's in no way it's it was a negative experience like I had learned quite a lot but I just think um yes it was that kind of performance school kind of vibe um and I just think 
for me, knowing who I am now, I don't know if I necessarily that's maybe that would have brought the best out in me because I would have perhaps gone somewhere where it was a bit more. I don't know, and how I don't know what, but it just not maybe not so performy because I'm not really a performer. I would say I mean I do perform and I love mm. performing, but it's not it's not where my heart is. I don't thrive on that. I'll do it a couple of times. I'm like, oh, that was stressful. Um, <laughs> next you know like it's so I just think yeah but then how do you know that's like 15 when you apply or like 14 it's like you don't know do you I think so no I think that's part Mm. of the process isn't it that you have to kind of go and and find that out while you're doing it absolutely but it was it was really good in terms of like understanding what that side of the industry was like so I mean following that I actually thought I just I don't know, we were taught that we could do different things with music, but I really just thought that you would be like an artist or a songwriter or and that's kind of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or a producer. And those were the mm. three things that you did. And I wasn't, although I'd sort of, you know, I made up stuff for myself and like produced it on like, I think back then we were using like Cubase. <laughs> um, now I use Logic, but it's, yeah. So we I wasn't really into it at that point. And I did really like writing, but I think that's something to allow. I love journaling. So I think that was kind of like my own psychotherapy. Mm. <laughs> like I was just like really enjoyed letting it out, you know, and I think that, so that was part of that. And then obviously just playing, I loved playing music, but I didn't, I didn't ever think, oh, maybe I should do like music for film or, you know what I mean? Which is mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. in yeah. hindsight. I'm like, oh, I wish I, wish I did that. But, you know, you can always look back and think, oh, I should have done, would have, but it's no, no good for that is there. But um, yeah, just, I honestly thought it was just performance was what you had to do. And I did, I really had a good go at um, the artist sort of side of things. Um, I pushed mm-hmm. myself to be honest with you, because I was like, okay, you're a bit scared of performing, but just do it. Cause this is what you have to do. So I did. Mm. <laughs> for years um and I worked really hard at it actually I literally I had a keyboard that would I could put like carry it wasn't too heavy it was heavy but it wasn't too heavy and I just went to every single um I did a bit of an Ed Sheeran like he just went everywhere didn't he and like played everywhere and I did the same thing I just every single like gig and there were some awful ones um (laughs) and just made myself do it so it got me to that point where I felt I just it didn't bother me anymore um yeah and then yeah and then that I met actually my um so Chasing Pluto you mentioned that earlier so the band the electro pop band is yeah. I met Jamal at a gig so he was I was singing and he was like oh we should work together and I was like yeah okay and then that was that was that really and that was the kind of next bit and that, that was a really exciting time so I obviously when I looked at the I was writing you some notes the other day and when I'd looked at the um timeline of things I was like, wow, mm. so this is how long these things take. They take a while. Like it was from 16 and then um, like I didn't see anything happen really that was like this is tangibly like going to come to a record deal mm-hmm. or something like that until I was 24. That's eight years. So how long, how long, let's think about it. Well, I was intrigued by the timeline. So you went down to or up mm-hmm. to the Brit school at yep. 16. And how long were you there I for? I did um, two years initially and then an extra like year course at the end of it. So three years in total. So the actual course is two years. But, okay. But yeah. And then, so what happened? Was it at the end or I guess at the mm-hmm. same time? You're kind of, you've got your keyboard, you're going around, you're kind of doing gigs that's just happening continuously is it yeah I'm just doing that myself and like actually weirdly we don't give ourselves enough when we look back we think actually that's 
I can't believe I was doing that at that age because now I'm like I've got mm. this sort of realized I've got this kind of entrepreneurial streak in me and I want to do and I'm like I was doing that when I was younger because I remember thinking I need to network so I'm gonna I gave myself I worked on a mailing list for a night that in the music kind of type that I wanted to get into just so I could meet people mm-hmm. and that was at like 17 18 so it's just like I had that idea yeah. that you don't just do the course and get expect something to happen yeah. you have to graft and so I was doing that for years and obviously the gigs and then you know and all that kind of thing and MySpace I met Reggie on MySpace <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I remember messaging him and then he asked me actually I, I feel you so embarrassed but I like I've got some he was rapping at the time and I, I was like okay. doing the little like you know like the vocalist on this rap um sort of a couple of songs so yeah yes. we, that's how we initially met so I went and recorded um just at his home and then after that we kind of he decided not to carry on with that I think for some whatever reason he kind of didn't do that project and then we just kept in touch and then obviously as as things progressed and I met Jamal who um became we mm-hmm. we sort of formed Chasing Pluto I just remember like dropping Reggie a message and he was like what are you doing right now and I sent him this music that we'd been creating and he just went nuts for it and it was mm-hmm. so exciting was like, I want to consult on this um and he did and it was it was really really an exciting time because we had all his sort of his network of people and his it's that incredible yeah, like yeah. he's he's an entrepreneur himself and like a really nice guy and just was like helped us so much like to um you know kind of sort of step up the it was just it was it, it was insane we'd worked with labyrinth we worked with um Nazrin Jean Baptiste and she was the um stylist for the Noisettes Shinge from the Noisettes and mm-hmm. like all these like crazy people that I was just like this isn't this is like it's be it felt like a bubble um but I think it was it was kind of happening at a time when the industry was a little bit scared of um signing anyone because of, it was just about you know when streaming mm-hmm. was just about to happen they just didn't want to they mm-hmm. didn't want to um take the risk in signing people and we just it's just bad timing that we happened to mm. be at that do you know what I mean so it didn't work out and then after that it was just I could I just felt like that was I, that was everything I'd worked towards when I thought about the work that I'd put yeah. in I just thought if this doesn't work I'm out of this and that's honestly what I told myself and that's what I did for mm. good for better or for worse but I sort of for a bit after it didn't we decided that it was like kind of done um I did continue to try and I don't know it just it wasn't from the heart and I think that just came across and mm. I just was like this isn't working you know and it's just like I've just I think I was just a bit like kind of heartbroken about what had happened and I, yes. I needed to just deal with that and then come back to it but I actually ended up having quite a few years out of the industry um after that because I just I can't do this anymore <laughs> well as as you said kind of working really hard for so many years having this dream I imagine as well you're kind of surrounded by a lot of friends and peers who are chasing or pursuing mm-hmm. similar kind of dreams too to then feel like yeah you know it's all coming together I've met Jamal we're working with these great artists we've got Reggie on board for then to it not to take off in the way everyone had hoped I can well imagine I mean how the word that came to mind when you were talking was just mm, a sense of grief like a loss I think yeah it was just it was it was, mm. it was I don't know it was such a strange time it was really fun and then all of a sudden there it just it felt like I'd lost everything that's how I felt I was just like oh this is it you know and mm. I think there's this thing as well like this which is why I'm now it gone down the wellness route but we are taught as musicians that we just have to work really really hard 
Like we, um, mm. people think it's like, when you talk to you about music, they're so excited. Like, oh, that sounds nice. As if you just kind of like, you know, it's like a little, we're like, no, we actually run our own business. We actually run our own business on top of yeah. normally. Um, I mean, I've not met that many musicians that don't have to do another job because they don't, yeah. you know, at, the, at first the money is not flowing as, you know, it's not coming in. So it's just like, you can't, and I, I was working full time whilst running our Chasing Pluto business. That's what it was. You know, we talk about it being a band, but it's a business. Um, and yes. I burnt out. I was like, I am just, this is too much. I was going to work and doing quite a, like, I think I was a PA at the time for like a, yeah, I was a PA for um, a guy that ran like a trading company. Um, and that was full on. Mm-hmm. And then 5 p.m., 5.30, I'd go from there to Jamal's house to the studio. We'd do a recording session till 1, 12, get the last tube back up again. You know, like, it's just like that relentlessly mm. for and I just got to a point where I was like there this can't be life like surely this is not what's expected but I don't know so it's like this kind of I don't know this is kind of taught to us that we have to just we have to work hard to be in the music industry you just have to like you know really work as hard, like burn yourself out basically to have any chance yeah. of something tangible um and I just think that's actually not a great sort of way of looking at it when I look back I'm like why that's just not sustainable how can any and then it makes it like a young person's kind of you know yes yeah exactly game um so yeah because as an outsider to the industry looking in it you can just see oh just that's like a, a great laugh you know you're kind of doing cool stuff um involved in this you know sexy glamorous industry and you just just you just stand up and sing don't you it's it's interesting around the the business component the hard work and and the technical aspects as well which I think perhaps someone mm-hmm. might overlook who's outside yeah, of all absolutely. of that it's, it's hugely highly skilled um you know it really is but it, mm. I guess it's a lot with a lot of the creative industries like um when you look at it in terms of business which is probably like my dad's a financial advisor and he was just like you sure you're going to do music <laughs> And I'm like, yes, sir. I love it. But you know, like it's because to him, he's like, this makes absolutely no business sense. Cause you're just, all you're doing is investing mm. in like loads of money and not getting any return, which is pretty like, if we're going to get, mm. if I'm going to get completely truth bomb on it, it's that's how it is. <laughs> Cause you spend a lot of money on your equipment, your training, your time. And, mm. you, and there's a lot of stuff that it doesn't necessarily give you any return for that. So in terms of setting up a business, it's not, you don't do it for the um I don't think you do it for the financial gain you do it because you love it so that's the that's the thing um so yeah I just it's a a tricky one to navigate I still haven't I'm not sure if I've worked it out yet if anyone has any tips (laughs) let me know um but it's that what is that thing we were saying earlier about like so many different careers have like you can I don't know they kind of feel a bit more formulaic it's like you start here you work this hard you will move to here and then, do you know what I mean? That's how it progresses. But I don't think the music industry yes. works like that. Um, and I, it's still, I think as much as you can go to, you can, as much advice you can get, there's still an element of it of being kind of like, you have to be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, like these kind of magic things that don't necessarily, I don't know, like they're not, they're not measurable. You know, you can't like. And it's high risk. Yeah. When you were talking about the investment before, I was thinking, yeah, it sounds like a really high risk investment yeah. kind of you can do all of these things and still 
nothing mm-hmm. happened. 100%. 100%. There's no guarantee with it. It's effort-based, you know, um, which actually is largely why I started up my album business because I was like, this is amazing because this is solely effort-based. So I'm new to that. <laughs> I know exactly what it's like to work <laughs> without, you know, necessarily at the beginning feeling like something's happening. But this, you know, that, that's way more formulaic. It's like, if you do this, this will convert to this. I'm like, perfect. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> These yeah, are the exactly. Like, whereas you can't get that in the same way with other, um, with with music. If I'm honest, like, I, it's not, it's nothing. I'll give up. I'll never give it up because I love it. Um, but I just, in a way, I just mm. kind of wish that when we had we had our training and stuff like that, some more of this practical stuff is sort of given to us. You know, like mm. again, like mindset. Because I think if you do stay the course and you just keep talking to people and you keep, you know, you will. It's not like nobody can have a career in music. I'm not saying that at all. But like when you look at the statistics of it. Um, especially now with streaming, when you break that down to actually how much people earn from like a, a, quite a significant amount of like say plays, it's not that much money. It's not enough to mm-hmm. to actually produce the record. So go figure. I don't know. Like it's like I don't know. It's just you do it for the exposure, of course. Um, but people need to live, yeah. you know. And it's that's one one thing that. So what we are forced to do as musicians is always have a second income, um, which does lead to burnout. Mm. Because, you know, your passion's here and you want to spend a lot of time on that. But also you have to be present in the other place. You can't just, you know. Yeah, just so you can pay yeah, the bills. Even those jobs that you can just pay the bills, like you still, they're still taking up time and their time is money. Yeah. So it's, you know, thinking of it in a business mindset, I get why my dad was trying to put me off <laughs> now. <laughs> now I understand at 35, but I didn't. At, I was like, why is he being like that at 16? But, you know, whatever. Um, we live and learn. Let's come out the other side of that. <laughs> so chasing Pluto's, sorry, chasing Pluto mm-hmm. wrapped, and then then what happened? Then next? was sort of like a. I think I had a bit of a meltdown. I was like twenty seven, and I felt like what I'd done was, but everything had been music, 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 and I felt this is really like I hadn't had some life experiences that I'd missed out on, like even to the the point of like I didn't even I was like. A, can't have a boyfriend because I'm too busy you know like just stuff like that I don't go on any mm. holiday mm. I don't you know I really had put my full focus into it expecting something to come out of it so I'm like it's okay to do this it's okay to sacrifice these things if something will happen at the end and when it didn't I was like what the hell have I done to myself um mm. is it worth it was really what I was um what I then had and then I was like I cannot do any more PA work I don't like office work I just don't like it it's never been for me it's always been a means to an end and I say it's my second job but it's my job because I'm doing it full time and I couldn't handle that anymore and I was just like I need to even uh, the thought it was like a real sort of crossroads point because I was just like what do I do next because whatever I do whatever I want to do it's going to take me out of the industry it is so I had to make that choice of like I'm just going to step out for a bit um and you know whatever and I knew I and this is the other stressful thing about the music industry is that like you you feel like if you go out of it for a bit you've lost it you know it's like you're not gonna hmm. it's that yeah be forgotten. Is, it's kind of true in a way but you know what you have to do what's right for your um for you as well like do you know what I mean you can't just I don't know you can't just be going through the process just because I don't know you have to really look at stuff like that and I was I wasn't doing anything good because I wasn't feeling good my music wasn't I it wasn't flowing mm. um I was I felt I just felt like I was clutching at sh- like straws and just not really nothing was really kind of happening so I just thought I need to need to get out of this and then I was just going through the process of elimination <laughs> and thinking what what don't what mm. have what do I not love about the, the day jobs that I've been doing and what do I love um 
And I yeah. realized I'm not an office person. And I realized that I'm very practical. I like to be do hands-on creative visual stuff. Um, and I need something that pays me um, and can take, and I wanted, maybe wanted to travel because I felt like I hadn't done any traveling because of mm. uh, the music. Again, I hadn't really done that. Like people have gap years or they, you know, go, and I hadn't done any yeah. of that. So I was too afraid of leaving the network that I had created. Um, so mm. I was like, hairdressing seems like uh, a good t- <laughs> tick box, you know? And I just re- really weirdly, I went into it. Um, it was called Pimps and Pinups. It's like a salon in East London. Um, you know, yes, yeah. I know. It. I walked in there asking them yeah. for advice, and we went and sat down. And they, it was an interview, and I didn't know. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> they're like, do you want the job?" And I was like, "What? Uh, yeah, okay." You know, and you're just like, "Oh my god." Oh, yeah, I work I here now. Cool. Okay. I was like, I'm a hairdresser. <laughs> no, but it was so that was just really weird. Um, and then I did that for eight months, but um, it for whatever reason I couldn't. I wanted to speed things up, so I dropped out of that and I paid for a course. It took me about three years in the end, um, to get to which is about average. Um, to get to sort of the, mm-hmm. the point where I was an actual stylist. Um, and I just, I didn't, it's hard. It's the hardest job I've ever done, not going to lie. It's honestly, really? so people, I my hats go off to like, hairdressers are amazing. They have so much, their skill set's ridiculous because it's so technical. Um, and this is the thing that... Well, every head of hair is, must be yeah. different, you know? It, so it many must variables. Because we're there's all So different. many variables. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's really hard. So there's that. There's the technical side of it, which is really hard. But then there's like the physical side is really hard. Mm. On your feet all day. Out the hard way. Like um, the physical side's really hard. And the emotional side, because people come to you like a counsellor. Um, and they come to mm. you, you know, and they they're, people are very protective of their hair. And it's very much an expression well, of, of course. their you know, of themselves. So yeah. they're, it's, it's high stress, <laughs> but really fun, <laughs> Re- really rewarding, <laughs> you know? And I, it was, it took me a, a long time to sort of agree. Again, it was another grief, like another, what I, what I felt at that time, another failure, but it's not a failure. Um, but I felt like I'd failed at the music industry. I tried to do hair. And then the next thing that happened is I got it, my started getting all these really weird symptoms. Um, and I was just like, this was literally three months into my, I started off, the styling like to be a stylist and I I fainted I think Mm. it was my birthday um at work and then that that was when the kind of health problem started and I'd only just so I'd got to that done three years where I just like really worked hard spent a lot of money you know and then all Mm. of a sudden it was like you're not doing that no your body says no um yeah and had you felt during those three years of training had you felt yeah, I love this. This is a way I can creatively express myself. Had you fallen in love with hair? Yeah, I'd fallen in. I don't say, I don't think like, it's not the same passion as music. It wasn't the same, but it was, mm. it was, it felt good. And also it felt really nice to take myself outside of the music industry. I felt I needed to get away from that for a bit. I felt like it had become a toxic space for me. So having the break mm. and just being like, do you know what I mean? And not, not talking about it all mm. the time and not being involved in it, not fit, it felt good actually um so yeah I did really enjoy it it was it was a definitely yeah definitely enjoyable and again some skills that I've taken away from that it's not like you know it's not like the end of the world I can't do it anymore um but yeah I did it would definitely definitely served a purpose I think for like and yeah I probably could have my plan to my plan with it was to kind of get to a point because obviously again it's another effort-based business where you can you can create your Mm. own income really and depending on how hard you want to work at it. So I was thinking I could do three days of that and then the rest of it, music. Brilliant. And it's something that I enjoy doing. And then I still have time to do music, but obviously my body said no. (laughs) 
that is not the plan. And did it become and did it become clear quite quickly that you know this wasn't an injury that perhaps you could overcome? This this really yep. was the <laughs> yep. end. I, I knew. I think right. it was. Oh, it was it was a crazy old time. But I'd it was weird symptoms in the beginning, and it was all like neurological. Um, so, but mm. I knew it was something physical because I could, you know, when you just feel it in your own body that you're like something physically is weird here. And I, I could feel my left arm did mm. felt like strange and it was just, um, so I sort of knew that something at work was triggering it. I could honestly feel it straight away, mm-hmm. but it took such a long time to get to the diagnosis. And this is a whole other thing that I can talk for hours about, but, um, gender bias mm-hmm. in the medical system. Um, but it took me five years to get a diagnosis of something that isn't really, it's a, a golfer's elbow. Like now it's acute, but that's right. not a big, that's not a big thing. But anyway, it, I'd ha- I think what happened is obviously those years of piano and I'm, I'm hypermobile yeah, in my shoulders yeah. and my, I've got like a valgus of my arms. So they're kind of skewed at a funny angle it just wasn't right for me to be able to be flexing at the elbow such a dramatic rate because it's honestly repetitive Mm. repetitive music and and music repetitive um movement um which is the same you know I I guess it just my body's just like you can't do this so I sped up the aging process for me and was like this is not for you um and I've really tried to because I again my own feelings of like this this has to work for me because I'm not having another thing yeah go wrong that's what I thought and that's a bad way of thinking yeah. about it but it's on it's honest um <laughs> and yeah oh like almost I'm I'm gonna keep mm, plowing through even though really this bad is really causing yeah, really pain. Bad. Yeah. and then I did it for two years mm. and I just was like in the end I was like I feel so ill it's it, a bit it during that time I'd had loads of different um physio I'd, I'd been very proactive about trying to fix it myself but it just wasn't like I couldn't again another you know and I it was another extension of me feeling like I'd failed at something is and I I think I I, mm. I guess looking back I needed all of this to go you need to sort your mindset out <laughs> do you know what I mean because you're more, you know that's <laughs> in hindsight looking back that's that's what I think it was it was like the universe saying to me that's you, you haven't got the right headspace which isn't good for for music now I look back and I'm like aha uh-huh, right I needed to be in a better place with this um perhaps mm. that's the reason why it didn't you know maybe that's the lesson learned from the universe again. Like well, that's the reason why it didn't work out because you weren't ready. Your mindset's not ready to take this because it's a hard industry. So it's like you have to get resilient to the nose and the, you know, the letdowns and stuff like that. And you have to let them just wash over your head and understand, and feel very um, positive in yourself that you're doing the right thing and that you're, do you know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah. There's also that thing, and I said this quote again recently, I need to look it up properly so I remember it better, but I think it was Steve Jobs said something about how you can't make sense of your career or your life even going forward as you're living it. It's only when you have hindsight and reflection, you can see, oh, that happened because of that, or oh, that Mm. makes sense. And so I think as, as I listen to your story, I kind of hear these, these different, you know, chapters um these these themes these episodes that you're going through the creativity runs through Mm -hmm. all of them to some extent and so that I I really try to remember that I don't think anything's lost or a waste of or wasted when we go Mm -hmm. through these things and who knows it might take me a few years to figure out oh that's why that happened or it could even for me, I, and I don't know, it definitely makes me feel better and more positive. It could be, well, I, I met one person from that episode or that period that was really influential to me or became a dearly loved friend. And 
And so, yeah, it, it is the mindset, as you say, but it's how we frame these things that happen or make sense of the things that happen 100%. in our lives. And I just, yeah, I think so. And I think I, you're, we were still touching on this, but life sort of sets us up to think that there is win or there is fail and there's no in between. Mm, mm. And that's just not how it is. And I, you know, and I just think that in a, in terms of, yeah, like I, it's, it's all about the mindset really. I did. So I had that thing with the, the hairdressing. It took me a really long time. Actually, it was another grief <laughs> because I was just like, I can't believe this has happened to me. You know, that kind of like, why, why life would you do this to me when I've just, you know, I had this thing happen and I thought I had it figured out and then I really worked hard for it. So there's this, also there's this other thing that if you really work hard for something, you're going to get it in the end. And I think holding mm. on to that um, hasn't served me very well either because it, that's not necessarily true. You're not necessarily going to work at something for ages and it's going to convert. But why? I feel like it's like maybe sort of entrepreneurship or like kind of different business ideas and stuff like that should be taught in school. It's like, it's okay. It's maybe not going to be right. You know, it's not going to happen. Like maybe you are going to work hard and it might not work, but that's fine. Just move on, do something else. Like there's not, it feels like the end of the world, you know, if something doesn't go right. But oh. And that you've done, uh, talking mm. for myself, when things haven't gone right for me, I've sometimes felt like I'm being mm. punished. Like what I've done it, I've done it mm. wrong or I'm not allowed to have success at this when I thought I did everything mm. right. When, yeah, it could just be, no, you know, you, you've learned exactly. some lessons or. It's just, and this is, this is sort of nicely brings us on to the next thing. It's why I've gone so much into wellness because I just need it so much. I just like, oh my God, my body needs this. My mind needs this. So uh, why not? create a business out of this and like I, I started training in Pilates last year and that was on a whim because basically I moved up so I'd been in London had the injury thing um and then what happened with that is that like I just I moved back to Southampton because my mum is a corrective um she's a corrective like Pilates instructor she also is corrective personal trainer so she helps people rehabilitate with injury mm -hmm. I was like I gotta go there because <laughs> like why would I not do that so that's <laughs> sort of part of um you know, the, the reason that I did. And then somehow I just sort of landed, I did, did the Pilates course. Cause I was like, this is going to help me for the future. But I did it again. Like I did it on sort of a whim. I just was like, Oh, I don't know if I really want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, and now funnily enough, mm -hmm. my gut was right. I'm not sure I want to do that as the full-time thing. I'm happy that I've trained mm -hmm. in Pilates. It's brilliant for my healing. It's going to be brilliant for other people that I'm going to, you know, coach and help, but um, it's, mm -hmm. it's not that it's not the end goal. Um, and I just, it's just another string to your bow. Yeah. And I just, oh my <laughs> God. I just, sometimes I'm like, do I, have I got too many things going on? Is it too much? But no, but I love that. I think it's great to have all of these different mm. talents and skills. Like, why, why well, not? This is another thing, isn't it? Like, and I've been sort of mulling over this on my kind of music page on Instagram. Like I've, for ages, I've thought, oh, I can only post about music. And now I'm like, it feels so much nicer to be able to just show who I am. And I've, sort of take I've kind mm. of left that bit and I would sort of say to other music artists we're taught that as well like got to make it really clear what you are and it's like we're all just human like why can't we just do you know what I mean yeah. why do we have to sort of I don't know that's we're multifaceted exactly. we do exactly, many things you know and it's nice I think people are appreciating seeing that now because who wants to just see this mm. like glossy end of it like this is the music now I want to see you working hard and doing this doesn't see you with your kid or you know like the real life of if, I don't know I think that's more valuable to people now than it ever has been so I kind of disagree with that a bit now I think things have changed well it's more real they have changed and I'm glad they have because I think before everyone was kind of put in mm. these boxes and once you're in that box it's hard to get out and 
I remember hearing about this Danish guy whose name I don't remember, but he was like the Danish equivalent of mm-hmm. Jamie Oliver. And then he he wrote he is a screenwriter. He wrote Borgen. Did you ever watch that kind of Nordic? <laughs> it was about the, well, I was going to say Nordic noir, but I don't actually, think it actually was. It wasn't the killing. It was about the Danish um, oh, no. parliament no. parliament like the prime the Danish prime minister. That. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. And that there was just all this kind of. I should ask my Danish friends if this is true, but the article I read was like, how can he be writing a drama when he's Jamie Oliver of Denmark? And and I that just mm. stayed with me because why yeah. not? Like he's a person that can do exactly. many things. He doesn't just have to stay exactly. in the kitchen. Exactly. And I I saw and like Professor Green. I saw the other day started like doing like put out mm-hmm. a supplement. I love that. I'm like good because you've got you've got yeah. a platform of so many people that you could help. You know why not? Why not? I don't know. And it's it's nicer in a way than just endorsing something because you all know that, you know, a celebrity is going to get paid for that. So another reason why I'm really into the Arbonne work that I do, because I'm like, this is word of mouth. This stuff has to actually be good. It's not just we you get some big celebrity to, you know, show the whatever it is they're using. They probably don't even use it. You know, it's like it's actually real people showing their real stories, which to me is much more satisfying. I You know, I prefer that world. And I think many people do. I don't you know, not everybody like some people may love that kind of idea of fantasy you know and just like but for me I'm much more I resonate with the real real people and the kind of you know like it's just things that I can relate to Mm. myself um so yeah I just think there's things definitely have changed in that space which is why I'm kind of excited now that I the possibility of integrating all of them together so I've got all this all these skills Mm. how can I make this you know how can I make this all work together and I'm thinking my my ideas um, for next year is I, I want, I will do, me and my mum have talked about this for ages. We're going to do a wellness retreat. Um, I think, mm-hmm. I'm not sure the venue yet. I was thinking maybe the Isle of Wight, but, um, and we, I want to bring my music mm-hmm. into that somehow. Like maybe some of the music artists that I know, bring them down to do like a like evening session or like a meditation session, you know, to do a sound bath, that kind of thing. So I'm, I talked about, I did a sort of an IGTV on this the other day. There's so many ways that we can use music. Why do we just feel that we, you know, we have to just put this music out um, on Spotify and just sit there yeah. and wait for something to happen? Do you see what I mean? Because it often mm. doesn't either. It's really hard to like get that kind of marketed. So why not like create a podcast and put some music behind it? Or do you know what I mean? Or do listen mm, to what people yeah. want right now. Like they want, maybe they want food recipes do that and then put your music behind it do you know what I mean it's just like kind of like thinking of it in a different yeah. way um and I think that's a kind of creating no 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 go, sorry. go ahead I was just gonna say almost like creating your own fusions yeah. based on the things that you love enjoy and good at and I really liked what you were, we were having a chat before we we started recording this about merging your music mm-hmm. with your health and wellness and you know why yeah. not maybe there's even a way hairdressing could be incorporated <laughs> we'll, so we'll yeah. find a way <laughs> no. yeah yeah exactly I just yeah I think it's it's and it's nice to be able to use all those skills and not to feel like um you know it's it feel to feel it's positive and it's impacted you positively and you can take them yeah. you know um you can take them with you carrying going forward and use them in a in a good way I, yeah I just think that it's not a I, I, my mindset has just changed everything because I'm thinking everything now in a so much more of a um yeah in a positive way just you know in a more valuable way nothing is like instead of thinking of it in in terms of lack like oh that didn't work it's like oh no but then this went to this yeah. do you see what I mean and I think um 
you know, I'm about to, so I've again plotting my sort of what I'm going to do next, but I want to have a series of chats on mental health in the music industry from my music page because I feel like now is a really crazy time for the music industry. It's like we can't do live music in the same way that we could. We just, and there's so many, I'm seeing so much. Um, you know negativity and not not in terms of it's just because people are feeling so low about it and it's it's so understandable and so but this is this is the time your mindset needs it most this is the time you need to be your health and wellness needs it the most and getting injured really taught me that it's like what are you telling yourself and I was telling myself all these awful things like my body had failed me I hated my body like you know I'd got a bit like inflamed and like put on some weight and I was telling myself I was fat all the time what are you doing to yourself like your body is telling you you need help and you're just being horrible to it do you see what I mean like what is this like it's probably the same and same with music like you know you're at the beginning of your you're an independent music artist what are you telling yourself how are you empowering yourself to you know grow instead of, probably you're saying oh that didn't work and this is really bad and it's there's no money and you know like how can you flip that and you know so yeah. I think that's my next kind of my next move is somehow integrating all of the health and wellness stuff that I've done to help maybe some music industry sort of maybe independent arts. I don't know yet, but all the ideas are flowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, no, I've just got all the ideas. But well, I think it's that spirit of being experimental because mm. when you'll be, when you experiment, it's, there's no kind of win or lose or success or fail. It's just, Oh, there's outcomes, yeah. mm-hmm. there's results. And then we tweak, we finesse, we try something 100%. different. And makes, um, it makes the process yeah. more fun as well. It doesn't have to feel like, you know, if you, if this is that thing, like the end goal, like you have an idea, it's just how you get there is can change, you know? Like maybe it's, yeah. a, maybe we just have to be a bit more open-minded, I think, and like maybe not think of things. Um, so I don't know, how do you, like, strate- I don't know, strategically, maybe just like you say, just trying a different, trying something, it doesn't work out, trying something else, try, you know, it's, there's no shame in that. It doesn't, and I and I feel we do yeah. have a bit of a sh- sort of shame. It's that whole fail thing, isn't it? I realised how much I told myself this was a failure, and I I've said it to people, and they were like, "You shouldn't think of it like that." And I was like, "Yeah, but if I'm being honest, I do." But now I don't, mm. <laughs> and I've I, I've worked on that, <laughs> and I think it's the best thing that anyone can do for themselves is just try and you know flip that <clears throat> idea that they have of. I don't know, perfectionism or just that, you know, like that the, maybe people have their life mapped out, don't they? I want to do this at this age. I want to do that. And it doesn't work like that. Yes. It doesn't work like that. So, yeah. you know, why are you setting yourself up for something that's going to annoy you or upset you? Just be, be loose with it. <laughs> you know, like that's, yeah. that's kind of the mantra, isn't it? That's going into <laughs> we do it. Yeah. Keep it well, keep an open mind. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to see all of these new things you're going to try next year and sign me up <laughs> yeah. for the retreat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't fabulous. wait. I'm really excited about that one. Really excited because we've been talking about it for a long time and now we're like, no, let's just do it. And I've put it in my bio that we're doing it. So now I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the, like, that's the, uh, I don't know. Holding yourself, yeah, accountable. holding yourself accountable it's gone in the bio it's gonna happen um so yeah that's mm. next year and like, yeah I'm really excited now about that I feel it's sort of given me a whole new lease of life thinking that I can integrate all these things before I was like oh what am I going to do with music oh what are we gonna, you know and now it's like oh this is exciting because yeah. it's new ideas and um so yeah really looking forward to that and with that in mind that does take us neatly to so what is your mantra for modern living for for these new chapters coming up i would say that sort of modern living we get so caught up in the speed of that things are going and like you know working really hard and doing all these things that we forget to listen to what we actually need to do like what our body actually needs and what we actually want to do like i've certainly been um 
I've certainly done that myself. Like is that questioning of, is this what I actually want? Do I actually, what is my end goal? What do I actually want to do? And it was that thing I was saying to you about like the song, like the artist route and thinking there's only so many ways this can go. Do I actually want that? Is that the kind of thing I want or do I just feel that's the only way? Because there is always, you know, there's so always so many different ways to do things and so many ways, different ways to think about things. Like it's, we should go, we should step away and do pers- more like personal development work and think about these things because they're really important. So maybe just like quiet the noise around you sometimes and just do more inner work and work out what it is that you actually makes you happy and makes you tick. Like success to me now is just being really fulfilled and healthy. Whereas, like, mm. it may have looked like oh, I want this song in the chart, or I want that. Don't, I don't. That doesn't bother me now. It's not the end goal is different, but um, I think that would, yeah, for modern living, I think that's really helpful because we get so caught up in the idea of what success is and how we have to, you know, work so hard towards that. But actually, take your take a step back and ask yourself: Is that what you want, or is it what someone else has told mm. you that you, you know, like, is it what society tells you you should want? Yeah. Do you want it? So do you know, do you know what I mean? It's like sometimes you. Yeah. We don't even think about that. So I would just say, yeah, the inner work has been the most, honestly, the most life-changing thing for me. And that's just something that we don't get taught. Something we don't get taught to do is to actually do a bit of personal development and look at what we actually, you know, where do we where do we want to go and what do we actually want to do? Not just a job, but in ourselves, what makes us happy? Yeah, Everything. not just what job do I want to do at like 16 when you go and do your career choices and then you go tick, go on then. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's more like, yeah and everything what makes me actually truly happy and if if I'm Mm. doing something that doesn't why are you doing that do you know what I mean why are you doing that to Mm. yourself because it's a choice um so yeah I would say that (laughs) is my mantra so that kind of slowing down and and listening to the inner voice 100 percent. yeah slowing down because we yeah we're so fast-paced we don't even think about it we're like we just we look at what life tells us we should do and we just do it without it's being a bit more mindful I think about what we what we actually want from Mm. life and what what actually makes us makes our hearts happy because we're all different so it's going to be different for everyone um but and also being very confident in that took me a while to sort Mm. of realize that actually being an introvert and being compassionate and be and it could be good things you know when oh absolutely um, Yeah. yeah just sort of yeah confidence building things and inner work that's my mantra for modern life Nice and happy Happy hearts. hearts. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here with me this afternoon. I've absolutely loved our conversation. We actually have a little treat because um, Corrine has a song um, that's going to play us out in a little bit called Home. Do you want to tell me a little bit about this song? Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, So thank you for having me. This has been so fun. It's been like a such a nice experience so um yeah home what was that about so this actually weirdly is it kind of it's quite literal in that I decided I did come home to Southampton but I decided that um I it kind of came from a place where I felt like I'd taken like Southampton and my family and things for granted and I didn't really realize Mm -hmm. how much these things are worth so much like these these again these small things it doesn't matter about the success and the hype and whatever this is what's important what's at home kind of thing and what's around you like your support network and so that's what that song is literally about um and it's just I I actually wrote it because I decided to I'd been out of the industry for such a long time I decided to come back um and that was the the song that I just I put it out there really just to have a portfolio I didn't want to like do a marketing sort of thing behind it or I didn't want the artist saying it was literally like I can write songs and sing Mm. here you go guys sort of thing so Mm. um yeah, that's what it was about. It's a little sort of therapeutic one, really, for myself. <laughs> 
Well, it's a gorgeous song, and I've had a gorgeous time being with you. Thank Thank you you. so much. Do I build you up just to break you down? Your foundation is strong. And this indecision feels so lonely now. Close the door, cause I am done. And I used to think that I would always roam But the traveler in me travels alone And I couldn't be further from you All I want to do is come home Come home I don't want to go so much for listening to this episode of sharing tales make sure to visit our website www.rebeccaclark.co.uk forward slash sharing tales where you can subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode while there if you've enjoyed what you've heard we'd really appreciate a review and a rating to help other people find this show if you'd like to tell your friends and family that would be amazing too Big thanks to our sound producer and editor, the wonderful Erin Maguire at Beyongolia Productions. Be sure to tune in next Monday for a new episode. Bye-bye for now.